2: It's about culture now. It's like you're thumbing your nose at the process. part of politics and part of sports and part of gaming, and it's not just the future of money anymore.
0: As they push the conversation further with their own criticisms and reactions
3: to the latest Bitcoin and crypto news from around the world. It believes crypto is bad and it wants it
2: out. I'm even old enough to remember when Microsoft was a kind of cool company in Silicon Valley. Ben, you're old enough to remember when telegrams came over a wire under the sea.
0: (laughs) And just a reminder, Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice.
2: Hello, this is Opinionated. I am Ben Schiller, features editor here at Coindesk. And joining me today on this marvelous podcast are Danny Nelson. Hi, Danny. Howdy. Howdy, howdy. And Anna Betakova. Hi, Anna.
3: Hello, guys.
2: Great. We're going to talk about a piece that we published recently on Coindesk, which was pretty marvelous. It was about the corporate culture at Kraken, which is a leading crypto exchange. And this is all about Kraken CEO Jesse Powell, who has criticized what he calls the woke activist movement, which is a movement of people asserting their social, political rights in the workplace, which he's very upset about. And he's basically saying that workplace cultures today are too politically correct, too emotional, and that employees are unhappy with the workplace should quit and go somewhere else. Just picking up on this, Danny, what's your sort of immediate reaction to this? What do you think is going on here?
1: Well, you know, this is hardly a movement that is unique to Kraken. We've seen with Coinbase in, I think, last year, an effort to have people who weren't happy with the political correctness coda around that place being asked to push themselves out. And that happened again at Kraken more recently. These CEOs are really trying to keep their companies focused. And the way that desire is manifesting is in having an inability to be tolerant of other people's views, it's sort of a weird mix of almost clashing desires that we're seeing at Kraken and Coinbase too.
2: So it's very interesting with this article because this comes after Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong made a very similar pronouncement back in the fall of 2020, where he said, basically, we don't want any politics in our workplace, we want to concentrate on crypto. And at the time, he offered severance to employees that were unhappy with that arrangement in the same way that Jesse Powell did. And the interesting thing in the article is that at the time in the fall of 2020, up to six percent of the staff took that severance payment. But according to our reporting, only one percent, roughly two months after the fact of Kraken staff have taken that very similar severance payment. So maybe we can talk about what might have changed in that interim and whether assertion of this kind of no politics we're crypto standard is kind of gaining hold in the industry. So we're joined today by one of the reporters on that story, Cheyenne Ligon, and you're joining us from Seoul, and it's the middle of the night around there, so thanks very much for joining us. What is the kind of key takeaway from this article for you? It seems like there's a kind of development of anti-wokeness here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that when I started the piece... I think that that's the thesis that we were working with, right that between Jesse Powell and Brian Armstrong that there's a trend maybe that's picking up steam in crypto and maybe the larger tech industry as a whole that you know companies are pushing back against woke movements, but you know the more I started looking into it and when we heard from Kraken that only less than one percent of employees had taken this severance package, we started to ask more questions, right like Does this just reflect the attitudes of most workers in the crypto industry? Or there's kind of a triple whammy happening right now of recession plus crypto winter plus pandemic. Are people just too afraid to quit jobs, even if they don't like them?
2: Right. That's one of the themes of the article that the kind of power balance between employers and employees might be changing in the midst of crypto winter, that people are not as likely to move jobs. And therefore, the kind of pendulum swings back to management and they can kind of assert whatever corporate culture they want. Do you find evidence for that in the piece?
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think so. You know, something else that was interesting is Kraken told me that they had a healthy increase in applications. I don't have numbers, but you know, they said they got a lot. That also coincides with layoffs happening in the industry. So are people applying to Kraken because they think Jesse Powell's based or are they applying to Kraken because they got fired from their other job? Right. I mean, there's just a lot of questions we don't have answers to here.
1: It's probably going to be a mix of the two. And I do wonder how many of those applicants are applying because they think that they're really qualified for and want the job or because they want to shoot their shot because, specifically because they really want to align themselves with the philosophy of the pirate king.
3: (laughs) I would wonder, you know, when I think about it, I wonder how insidious should those debates on the workplace become? I'm not sure what Kraken employees have been discussing before Jesse decided to, you know, just put a lid on it. How bad those arguments should become, those fights probably, so that it makes the company unproductive. That's something interesting. I would think from a purely pragmatic standpoint, it's very understandable, you know. If people start hating each other and like fighting with each other every day about some political issue... Well, yeah, maybe like it's better to avoid it altogether just to keep everyone in in a normal psychological shape. On the other hand, people in 21st century probably expect their workplace, you know, their employers to kind of be where their values are, right? Like uh, share some goals beyond the productivity, profit and other stuff. Yep. And it's interesting that we see this clash in such a telling form.
0: But I mean, I think that's what's really interesting about this story, right? Is that it's not like the employees were starting these discussions on their own and Jesse Powell just put it down because he was like, guys, let's get back to work. I mean, he was starting it. He was stirring the pot. I mean, he has all these Slack channels, I guess, and was initiating conversations that then got too hot. And when people started getting offended and then complaining about things, and I guess he felt like the conversation was derailed from his original intent, whatever that may have been. That's when he got upset, for lack of a better word, and shut down the conversation. It was something that he stoked.
2: Just so we're clear as to what we're talking about here, I mean, some of the issues involved were along the lines of the use of preferred pronouns, for instance, which he thinks is an example of kind of workism gone crazy. He even discussed the use of the N-word, you know, and what was appropriate as to who could use that word and things like that. I mean, these are sort of real hot button issues, aren't they? sort of third world issues.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know for sure. That's definitely what the New York Times reported. And, you know, in Jesse did not talk to me for this piece, to be clear. But I did listen to a lot of interviews that he gave to other publications. And I know that the preferred pronoun debate seems to be where this really spun out of control. My understanding is that the question wasn't over who could identify or who could use which pronouns. The question was whether or not the company should be asking about them in interviews. From what I understand, his point was that it's a very US centric debate, a conversation, I guess. And it was confusing to applicants from other countries.
1: So to be clear, was it, let's say there's a form that one fills out to apply, there's a box to fill about what your preferred pronouns are, or your gender identity is?
0: I don't know if it was like a form or if this was a conversation that was happening during HR interviews where they would say, you know, what pronouns do you use? And, you know, according to Jesse, applicants that were coming from maybe other countries where the pronoun conversation is not really happening as much as it is in the United States were confused and offended.
2: Right. So it seems as though there are exceptions to this kind of anti-politics stance because there are issues that he is happy to discuss. So it's something that's related to what we can broadly call cypherpunk, which is kind of the originating kind of ethos of crypto is allowable. So, I mean, what is your understanding, Shane, of, of where the line is within the company and, and where the employees feel that line is?
0: I mean, not to be too spicy, but I feel like the line is kind of where Jesse Powell thinks the line is. Right. And I think one thing that's particularly interesting is that in the Tentacle Manments, which is this document that they put out, this company culture document, they make reference repeatedly to bodily autonomy and personal freedoms. But yet, I don't think Kraken has taken a stance on abortion. That seems to be only as it relates to vaccine mandates. So I do think that there is, (laughs) maybe the philosophy is not as evenly applied as it appears to be. So yeah, I'm not exactly sure where the line is drawn. It seems to be a, a movable line.
1: <laughs> so it's picking and choosing it seems like with the bodily autonomy and only applying that to vaccines that's pretty clearly just accepting a philosophical idea when it's most convenient to your other ideas than it is a more broad stroke statement on, you know, philosophical values. Yeah. I think it's worth thinking about. The difference that we see in crypto companies' culture versus just traditional tech companies, you talk about Salesforce, for example, this gigantic, a really thought leader and huge force in the tech industry. Salesforce has embraced what some people have described as a woke culture, what might be just more accurately described as a progressive culture. Regardless of that, Salesforce is moving to embrace its employees' You know, desire to be a a forward thinking company. And in crypto, we're seeing the opposite. Whether that's good or bad isn't really my place to say, but it's difficult to ignore that very strange dichotomy, this little sector of the tech industry where companies are moving in the opposite direction.
2: I mean, it seems interesting in crypto that companies have to kind of make these decisions because crypto in a sense is inherently political. I mean, it starts with these quite political ideas in the Bitcoin white paper. It's not a sort of neutral technology. And so on the one hand, you kind of say that these Bitcoin networks and blockchain networks are sort of there for everybody to use, and it's not for anyone to say what the political use should be. But inherent in crypto are a lot of political ideas about like beating the establishment and embracing individual autonomy and freedom. So you can't kind of get away from some political ideas, even if they're ones that you like and don't like. Kraken might say it wants to disavow politics, but it's kind of impossible as a crypto company to do that.
0: Hey, this is Eleanor Paul, Associate Producer at Coindesk Podcasts. If you like this show, we'd love to hear from you. Shout us out on your socials or email us at podcasts at coindesk.com. Want to hear more crypto news and analysis? Head over to the Coindesk Podcast Network to listen to The Breakdown with NLW as he fuses daily news pieces to build a larger narrative explaining the power shifts in crypto, politics, markets, and more. Or check out the Coindesk Reports feed for Money Reimagined with Sheila Warren and Michael Casey as they explore the connections between finance and human culture with high-profile guests. If you want to hear about crypto, Coindesk has got you covered. Now back to the show.
1: I want to know more about these tentacle manvins. That's such a great and terrible name at the same time. The tentacle manvins. Like, what kind of hubris led to the creation of such a term? Also, just the imagery around that is terrible, and I hate it. <laughs> that's neither here nor there, though.
0: I actually really like it. I, I love a good pun, not, and that's—it's not a good pun to be clear, but I thought it was fun. I had fun writing this piece and inserting a lot of nautical references.
2: What is the pun here? Sorry, I'm too stupid to understand. The Ten
0: Commandments. What are you? Yeah.
2: Tentacle. Why, why is it tentaclements?
0: Tentacle commandments. Oh, I see. Because they, the Kraken.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. That's Come a on, bad, Ben.
2: That's pretty bad.
1: <laughs> I want to know how we can get Sidney Powell in this conversation. I know that's a completely different Kraken, but I've always wondered if we could find some overlap between the infamous lawyer from the Trump election effort and Kraken, the crypto company.
2: The Kraken fight. So what do we think long term about this? So, I mean, if it's true that we are heading into crypto winter and employers have more power to assert company culture, and we think that companies are going to follow the lead of Coinbase and Kraken, which are very influential companies. What does that mean for the long term in terms of kind of diversity in the marketplace or the workplace? And for employees who are maybe female and maybe people of color who want to join this industry and want to get on and see that they're being represented? I mean, do you think this is going to have a long-term impact for diversity in the industry?
0: I mean, to answer your first question, I don't think Kraken will be the last company to do this. I think that it's a very controversial issue, but There are a lot of murmurings of assent, you could say, within the industry, people that are like, oh, yeah, you know, Jesse Powell, he's really doing something there. It's not my personal belief, but I definitely think that there are founders at other companies, including some that we talked to for the piece and other influential people in the industry who don't want to talk about politics at work, don't want to deal with the issues that that creates. But the problem is that Jesse Powell talks about wanting to get rid of groupthink But you're just kind of putting yourself at risk of creating a different type of groupthink, is my opinion. And yeah, I don't think that that's very encouraging for people that maybe don't fit the typical mold of somebody who would work in the crypto industry as it is now as a pretty homogenous industry. I don't think it creates a very welcoming environment.
1: I got a quick question on the reporting process for this piece. Is this a story and a topic that you found like you would go to someone and as soon as you told them it was off the record, they would open up and start railing about how they really thought, you know, discussing ideas that they just don't want to air in public because they don't want to be associated with it? Or were people more reserved in approaching this?
0: I think people were reserved all around, I think, because it is such a sensitive subject and we could not get any employees to talk to us. And we tried really hard for like a full week. And people are just afraid. And I think that something we were talking about earlier was where the line is and where Jesse Powell draws the line. And I think something that's really important to note here is that for all he talks about free speech, he also, the company has sued employees who've posted negative reviews on Glassdoor. So it, it really, yes, the philosophy is unevenly applied.
2: Do we smell a hypocrite here?
0: <laughs> um, I mean, I don't, I don't think we can expect anybody to... Like, everybody has blind spots. I think that he believes... Meaning Jesse Powell. Yeah, I mean, okay. (laughs) Tough question. He didn't talk to me, so I don't know what he really thinks. But it is my understanding that I think he believes that he is being fair, if that makes sense. I don't think he would see himself as a hypocrite.
1: Well, at least that's good. I mean, you definitely don't want (laughs) the person to know, to internalize that, they are being a hypocrite. Hopefully they believe (laughs) in what they're doing, right? Like even if others disagree with it.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, I guess the company would say and various diversity advocates might say that you know you can be someone from a different background, different perspective or sexual orientation or gender orientation and still be able to come to work and not bring your politics with you. I mean, presumably that's possible. On the other hand, and not expect everyone just to be the same.
0: The cynic in me feels like Companies were willing to pay lip service to people's politics when the market was really good and they were expecting people to work 80 hours a week. So, I mean, if you're spending most of your waking hours in the workplace, then there has to be some credence given to expressing your identity there. Because if you don't have free time at home to express it there, then you should be able to express it at work. And then now that the market's bad and there's nowhere else to go, oh, well, your, your fun time of expressing yourself is over and you're still expected to work 80 hours a week. I don't know if Kraken employees are expected to work that much, but tech in general, people work a lot of
2: hours. That's amazing. I've, I've never actually heard that argument before. So you're saying basically, if you have to work more than 40 hours a week, if your work is leaching into the time that you might spend on politics, then your work has a responsibility to you to allow you to express your politics?
0: Oh, I don't think that it's necessarily a responsibility, but I think that it's a side effect of expecting employees to work as much as American companies expect employees to work. Again, I don't know how many hours a week Kraken employees work on average, but you know, most Americans who work in the tech industry are working more than 40 hours a week. And I think that that comes with expressing yourself more in the workplace, especially when if you were unhappy, you could just leave and go somewhere else. But maybe now you can't really leave and go somewhere else.
3: I totally agree with what Cheyenne says. And it's, it's an interesting angle indeed. When your work becomes your life, there are higher expectations for your workplace and for people who surround you and for the whole atmosphere in which you spend the most of your day.
1: Yeah, when work bleeds into life, and I know that never happens here at Coindesk, we have a very healthy (laughs) work-life balance. Um, I, for one, only ever think about crypto. But I think there's something true in that statement, Cheyenne, like especially with the way that, as you were writing in the piece, the job market in tech specifically is turning the power is shifting in certain respects. And we're seeing a manifestation of that here.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, we also do have to give room for the other interpretation, which is that this aligns with what a lot of crypto people are looking for in a workplace. That's possible too.
2: Very good. Let's wrap this up. So I just want to make clear that you didn't write this piece alone. You had a colleague, Elizabeth Napolitano, who's another reporter here at CoinDesk to help you on this. And you did an incredible job. Congratulations. And the full piece, which we will post on the show page is called In Crypto Winter, Jesse Powell's Pirate King Leadership Style, Maybe the New Normal. And we will be watching this question closely because it's bound to come up again and frequently. So thank you very much for joining us. Thanks very much. Coindesk is calling all visionaries in the digital economy to present at its newest event, Ideas, or Investing in Digital Assets and Enterprise Summit. Ideas is the place for you to present your market opportunity in front of leading investors poised to help you get your idea off the ground. Apply to become a presenter at Ideas 2022 at Coindesk today. Visit coindesk.com ideas for more information.
0: You've been listening to Opinionated with Ben Schiller, Anna Barakova, and Danny Nelson. This episode has been produced and edited by Eleanor Paul with announcements by Michelle Musso. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Please reach out to us at podcast at coindesk.com, subject line, Opinionated, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player.
1: Thanks for listening.